Good night from Southern California, Wednesday, November 15th, 2023. This is Strange Days Life. I'm back. Yesterday I couldn't attend to the show. I had some personal uh, business to take care of, but I'm back today. Hope you guys are having a good night, doing well, and taking care of yourselves. Thank you for all of those uh, tuning into the program. Right when I was about to uh, start, the program crashed. So I'm three minutes late. Not a great uh, big deal, but you know, nonetheless, hope you guys are doing well again and uh kind of getting back to the the topics on what we're gonna do uh today we will be talking about strange disappearances when somebody goes missing when those that uh people have known for years all of a sudden start acting strange and are gone. I hope you guys are doing okay. It's Doc Life. Just give me a, a minute here. As always, I have to sort of advertise the show in groups once I start because that's when I, I get the link uh, in order for me to be able to attract listeners from other venues. So I'm just putting, there's two Facebook groups that I asked for permission for posting uh, and they were very gracious uh, into letting me do so, so I appreciate that. Perfect, so that's one and then I'm going to the second group and we'll be able to get the show going. Well, so the show's been getting a, a lot of uh, live, um, well, the live count is not that big, but the replays are getting pretty big, so I'm excited about that. And, you know, that has to do a lot with where the audience is and the people that I'm reaching, so it's understandable. Um, and I chose to do a topic rather than just... Uh, wait for people to call but that's a primary aim the primary aim is to get the live callers involved in order for us to emulate the great late art bell so the last show i don't know if you guys kind of listened to it uh, but i would go back and try to revisit it it was very interesting it was about uh some of the most famous cases in regards to cryptozoology and tonight, um, I threw a couple of different topics around and I finally settled on the topic of uh, mysterious disappearances. You know, there's been many of them, as you, as you guys know. And um, some of those have been world famous, such as uh, recently the MH370 flight. 
uh, Amelia Earhart and others um, within the realm of more of, uh, of famous people that I've gone uh, missing. But I wanted to kind of hone in on a few cases that they're kind of buried within the annals of history and um, to see what you guys think. You know, it's always it's always good to talk about things that are uh, not too rehashed and not too overly done. So I picked three cases today that I'll be talking about. Um, but I want you guys to be interactive. So I want you guys to call and um, the focus of the show can always take a, a side note. Uh, you guys can call me with any paranormal or um, stories that you might have heard, that you might have experiences, any weird things that have ever happened to you. The phone number, as always, is area code 951-977-1159. And I'll be putting that in our official chat. Um, so you guys go ahead and call. Before we get started, we just I like to I like to settle in prior. Um, to start going deep into the show. Let's see. Perfect. Hey JD, good as always to see you here. Hope you're doing well. Okay, the message has been pinned. We have some good listeners. And I'm just going to check. Links have been posted. And perfect. Very well. So I've been playing around with the software that I'm actually uh, using right now. Before I before I, I go on, if if uh, if some, one of the listeners can post whether or not my uh, audio is uh, suitable, I don't have music in the background. I don't want it to be too overwhelming, and I just want to make sure the guests can hear me okay. So I would appreciate if somebody um, just gives me a heads up whether or not the sound is adequate. Uh, as far as today's show, uh, I'm going to title it Strange Disappearances. And we'll get going in a minute. Let's see. Are you guys watching the Miss Universe contest? It's live on, on YouTube. Pretty interesting. People from all over the world compete. And uh, those try to decide what beauty is. Okay. So our first strange disappearance of the night will be the case of Brian Schaefer. Um, I have a slideshow that I uh, I was able to incorporate into the the live feed on YouTube, and the photograph. The photograph you see before you, it's a photograph of Brian Schaefer, who was a medical student <clears throat> and strangely disappeared. So 
We're going to delve right into the mysteries that have baffled investigators and captured the public's imagination. Today, I'm going to bring you a perplexing case, a one that continues to puzzle experts and to haunt the hearts of those who knew and loved Brian Schaefer. On March 31st, 2006, in Columbus, Ohio, when Brian Schaefer, a 27-year-old medical student at Ohio State University, embarked on a night out with friends, little did anyone know that this would be the last time that he will be seen. Brian and his friend William Clint Florence started the evening at the Ugly Tuna Saluda, a popular bar near campus. They enjoyed a few drinks, laughed, and had a seemingly ordinary night out. Surveillance footage, surveillance footage captured them entering in the bar, but what happens next remains a chilling mystery. I have, um, so this right here is actually the la uh, CCTV camera of Brian, which happens to be highlighted. Uh, and this was the last um, recorded uh, event uh, in regards to Brian. As the night wore on, Brian Schaefer inexplicably vanished without a trace. The camera showed him entering the bar but never leaving. It was as he had vanished into thin air. The weird part about this case was that the bar only has one entrance and one exit, which both of them were extremely closely monitored. There are no back doors or hidden space escape routes. This left the investigators very perplexed in regards to where Brian went. Desperate searches were launched both inside and outside the bar and every possible hiding place was checked but Brian was nowhere to be found. The bar staff and patrons claimed that they hadn't seen him leave either. It was though as Brian Schaefer had stepped into an alternate reality and, lay, and left no traces of him behind. Uh, this mysterious disappearing left his friends, family, and law enforcement with way more questions than answers. And despite extensive investigations, including polygraph tests and interviews with friends and family, no solid leads have ever emerged in regards to Brian or where he went. It was thought as though Brian had vanished into thin air, his bank accounts and credit cards remained untouched, and there was no activity on his phone. Obviously, there are some theories about what happened. Some have suggested that Brian may have chosen to disappear voluntarily, overwhelmed by the pressures of medical school and the recent loss of his mom. Others have speculated that he might have made a foul play, uh, been a victim of a crime, or been assassinated. In a very strange twist, uh, Brian's dad, Ryan, Randy Schaefer, has continued searching for his son for years, even hiring private investigators and appearing on national televised shows. The family has always held that hope that one day they would receive an answer. In 2008, a potential lead surfaced. A photo was posted, posted online showing a man resembling to be Brian Schaefer in the background, but that lead ultimately turned out to be a dead lead. The mystery deepened even more. In the late, uh, the, also there was an, another famous picture that happened to appear um, of a tourist that they took of a homeless man in Mexico. This is a picture that appears right in front of you. 
There was uh, reports of a missing of a homeless man living in Tijuana, Mexico. Somebody took a picture of this man, and uh, after forensic studies and photo comparisons, they determined that this indeed was not Brian. But it was uh, another unfortunate person who had been down on its luck, encountered poverty, foreign country, and was able to be recognized uh, not as Brian. So, um, you know, this this case up until today we basically remains unsolved, uh, very unsolved, and its disappearance has continued to haunt the city of Columbus. And it's a very chilling reminder that sometimes the most baffling mysteries are those that happen right in front of our eyes. We may never really truly know what happened to Brian in 2006. Did he choose to disappear? Was there foul plays involved? Did he stumble upon a hidden passage that no one else knew about? As we try to ponder these questions, we are reminded the full enigmas that define explanation, and Brian Schaefer's case stands as a testament to the enduring power of mystery, leaving us with more questions than answers. Have you guys ever heard of this case before? I had uh, become familiar with this one. I, I believe when it first uh, would have first occurred, I had some, you know, the news, would, and you'd be able to that uh, there was a missing medical student that had been missing. Again, um, we are live. It's 7.16 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you guys want to call in with any of your questions or with any cases that you might have encountered in regards to the paranormal, the strange, the unusual, the number is area code 951-977-64, excuse me, 977-1159. 951 1159. Call us and we can discuss anything and the strange, the spooky, the mysterious. And don't be afraid to call. There was another case that um, I was looking into it before, and I actually seen um, a TV show about this. This was pretty odd. And this is about the solder children. So, this is, uh, I'm going to put a picture here so you guys can check it out in the background. This is a picture of the five missing uh, solder children. And um, this story actually begins in a small town of Fayetteville, West Virginia, on a chilly Christmas Eve in 1945. Uh, the parents, George and Jeannie Sauter, uh, were proud parents of nine kids. They had gone to bed after celebrating the holiday of Christmas with their family. But the night would take a horrifying turn when a fire suddenly engulfed their home. Uh, parents George and Jeannie and four of their kids actually managed to, ex to escape, but the five children that you see in the picture, um, Maurice, Martha, Louis, Jenny, and Betty, and Betty were found to be uh, trapped inside of the burning home. This is a picture here of the home that the Sodders shared. Um, in, in a frantic rescue effort, George and his sons actually tried to reach the upper floors where the five remain the remaining children were sleeping, but the staircase mysteriously collapsed, 
preventing their access. Uh, the fire department arrived way too late and the Sutter's home was reduced to ashes. Devastated, the family believed that they had lost their five children in a blaze and the community mourned their tragic loss. But as the ashes cooled, questions began to suffer, surface. First, there was no trace of human remains in the rubble and experts deemed the fire unusually hot, suggesting an accelerant may have been used. The family became convinced that their children had not perished in the, father, in the fire. George and Jeannie launched a relentless quest to uncover the truth, embarking on an investigation that would span decades. They questioned the official accounts and sought answers from witnesses who had seen suspicious activities near their home on that fateful night. One critical piece of evidence was the discovery of a ladder near the house, leading to the belief that the children may have been used uh, the ladder as an escape method. If they did escape, where did they go and why didn't they not return? In their pursuit of the truth, the Sodders found an eyewitness who claimed to have seen the children in a passing car while the fire was raging. This account added to their conviction that their kids have been abducted. As the years passed, the Sodders never gave up hope. They even hired private investigators and consulted experts in various fields to kind of unravel the mystery. They received letters and tips from people all across the country who claimed to have spotted their missing kids. The family's relentless efforts eventually led to a billboard displaying photos of the missing Sodder children along with a plea for information on the case. The billboard captured the attention of the nation and gathered and generated renewed interest in the case. The Sodders believed that their children were still alive and out there somewhere. It must have been horrible for their parents. They never celebrated Christmas after that tragic night, instead lighting a single candle in the window as a symbol of their enduring hope. Sadly, both parents, George and Jenny Sodder, both passed away without ever learning the fate of their missing children. Their story, a heartbreaking blend of tragedy and unresolved mystery, continues to captivate the world until now. In recent years, amateur sleuths, internet forums, and true crime enthusiasts have kept the Sodders' children's story alive. While many theories abound, the fate of Maurice, Martha, Lewis, Jenny, and Betty remain unknown. This is a truly sad case. You can see beautiful kids and all of a sudden gone. Um, personal belief is that they were definitely kidnapped and whoever was able to kidnap the kids was able to um, fool authorities by setting the place ablaze. Uh, you know, further high in any kind of evidence. But how do you manage to... Um, how do you manage to to fool, if you will, five kids. I mean, the, 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 the three little ones wouldn't be a big deal to get them out of a house, but the two big older ones, what do you, you know, what do you tell them to get them out of the house? Well, um, yeah, heartbreaking, isn't it? Um, going back to the chat uh andrew noble comments i'm a new subscriber so i apologize that this is common knowledge but uh is this a case dave politis research as a missing 411's case only asking because his second name sounds german and also was clever no um andrew i, I believe that 
David Politis uh, only investigates uh, cases in regards to disappearances around national parks. Um, I don't think he he visits uh, he re revises or he does any investigation into cases that uh, you know cases such as the one of the Sauter children. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm well versed with uh, David. I've I've seen a lot of interviews, watched movies, and <clears throat> all his research is is just amazing in regards to um, the strange phenomena of national park disappearances. So yeah, it must have been heartbreaking for for somebody to lose five kids, you know. And and sometimes I've heard that people are um, people are actually relieved when they when they finally found find out that um, that their kids have passed on, as opposed to not knowing where they went. It seems almost as if a weight uh, has been lifted if, if they know that the, their, their kids uh, actually are resting um, rather than not knowing where they are in the world. And yeah, that, that kind of seems to, to fit with the, with, with the fact of, um, of suffering. You know, nobody wants to think that their kids are probably suffering somewhere. And if, if they know that their kids have passed on, then you can kind of get a little bit of, of peace from that, knowing that the kids are at rest. But either way, it's, a, it's a very spooky, very strange and very, very scary. Again, we're live. It's uh, 7.24 p.m. Pacific time. And uh, if you guys want to give us a call, we are live at 951-977-1159. Give us a call and we'll pull you through. Uh, you can ask uh, any questions. It doesn't have to be about disappearances, but anything strange or unusual that has occurred. And we will... you on through you know I just um, I apologize because I just uh, I just switched phones yesterday and Let me just check something. I just got a new iPhone yesterday, and I wanna. I just. I just realized that my um, Google Voice, which is the what I use to. Yeah, I think I'm logging. I apologize, guys. Uh, Google Voice is actually what I use to to communicate. Uh, it's it's not connected. So sorry about that, guys. It'll just take me a minute to connect and then get all the accounts back. Yeah, what good is a talking show if the phone's not working, right? In the meantime, I'll give an alternate number for those of you that want to call. It's area code 951-977-6499. 951-977-6499.
I'm gonna go ahead and post that in the chat. That's an alternate number until we can uh, get this thing figured out. 977-6499, alternate number for today. Again, I apologize. Hope you guys are doing well out there. There we go. So just for today, we'll keep this number. Okay, so let me just make sure that everything is, you know, it's, um, <clears throat> it's a lot of work to do for, for it's like a one man show um to do all these things at once and I, now i know why a lot of radio call shows have um people that helps that are able to help them because it takes a lot it takes there's a lot of stuff that goes back in the in the background so yeah the number is 951-977-6499 this will be the alternate phone number for today uh, going back to the comments, I want to welcome everybody that's listening and uh, interacting in the chat, which is JD, one of our good listeners who's always been on, JD, uh, Andrew Novo is a new subscriber, thank you, Rafael Marquez, how are you buddy, late, but hello everybody, hello Rafael, um, and then we have JD again commenting, Jacob Irwin, Waterling was a famous missing person case from the area who it was unknown for 27 years what happened yeah there's a lot of people that have been uh, you know you pick a neighborhood and I'm sure there's somebody from that neighborhood that has gone missing there was a cool movie uh, called The Changelings with Angelina Jolie that was released a few years ago and uh, it has to do with um her son being kidnapped this is a uh, based on a true story that occurred i believe either in the 1920s or the 30s uh, and it has to do with her kids uh, her son uh being kidnapped so i would uh advise you guys to watch the movie it's very perplexing it's very scary and it's very sad about uh, what they were able to uncover not only with, with with what happened to her own kid, but uh, what was happening behind the scenes. Um, so yeah, it's called The Changelings. It's a great movie. Let's see here. Now, um, yeah, out of this, so I picked three cases. I thought it was going to be able to fill an hour's worth, but I'm, uh, I, have, I have the last case of the night, and I'm going to wait a little bit before... We, we talk about it. I'm sure you're pretty familiar with this case. It's, it's basically um, in the middle, meaning the first case we discuss is pretty recent, 2006. The Sauter children uh, happened in the 50s, and the, the last case is something that occurred in the late 80s. So, yeah, that's... That, that's um, that's brought a lot of attention to to the media, and uh, I would recommend that that uh, that movie is a great movie. 
Okay. Um, again, if you guys want to call the show, the number, uh, the alternate number has been posted. Let's go to some strange news uh, directly here. Let's see. Actress Goldie Hawn. Um, are you guys familiar with Goldie Hawn? She is well-versed actress. She's been in a lot of movies. She was married to um, Bill Hudson, who happens to be Kate Hudson's father. Kate Hudson is also an actress, and she uh, appeared in, in more current movies. But uh, as far as Goldion, she's appeared in uh, Private Benjamin, uh, the movie The First Wife's Club, Death Becomes Her. These are sort of old 80s movies. She was also in a movie called Overboard. And um, recently she came out um, saying that uh, she had an encounter with an E.T. And uh, the E.T. actually touched her. And according to Goldie Hawn, she said she felt like a finger of God when she was touched. Um, Hawn recently described having an alien encounter on the show Time to Walk, which is a program on Apple Fitness Plus, and said that this actually occurred when she was about 20 years old somewhere in California, uh, in a California desert at the time, where there had been a lot of uh, UFO sightings and activity. The Oscar-winning actor said that she had been dancing outside when she decided to take a nap in a fellow dancer's car. But Han did not get any much sleep thanks to a high-pitched sound in her ear, as she remembered. She described it as a high, high frequency, and then she looked out the window and saw that the, there was about two to three triangular-shaped heads outside of her window. Han said that the aliens she met were silver in color and had a slash for a mouth and tiny little nose and no ears. Years later, Han said that she met an astrophysicist from the University of Champaign, Illinois, who studied alien encounters and triggered more detailed memories about the experience. She said it felt some sort of regression therapy or something, and she was almost in a trance, and she remembered um, that one of these creatures actually touched her face, and she said that the touch felt like the finger of God uh, was the most uh, benevolent, loving feeling. This was powerful, and I was filled with light. The actor also said that the creatures pointed at her uh, in her car as if, she was, as if she was a subject. She could not move. I was paralyzed, she states, and I didn't know if it was real or not real. Very interesting. Again, we are live, and if you want to call, the number is 951-977-6499. Let's see. This is kind of interesting. A pond in Hawaii turned Barbie pink, and here's where scientists might think that this means. Uh, a pond in Hawaii has turned so uh, bubblegum pink that it could be from the set of the movie Barbie. But the bizarre phenomenon is no cause for a dance party. 
Drought may be to blame for the strange hue of the pool. Scientists say that they are warning against entering the water or drinking it. Staff at the Kaolia, uh, Kailia Pond National Wildlife Refuge on Maui have been monitoring the pink water since October 30. Uh, I got a, one of the park, uh, Brenda, Brett Wolf, who was actually the refuge manager, manager stated that uh, I just got a report from somebody that was walking on the beach and they called me up and said that there's something weird going on over there. Wolf was very concerned that bright pink could be a sign of algae bloom, but lab tests found toxic algae was not causing the color. Instead, an organism called halobacteria might be the culprit. Halobacteria are a type of uh, single-celled organisms that thrive in bodies of water with high levels of salt. And the salinity inside the Kaelia Pond outlet area is currently greater than 70 parts per thousand, which is twice the salinity of seawater. Very interesting. Um, I would like to... Well, what's the salinity of the Dead Sea? So the Dead Sea, which happens to be in Israel, it's 34 0.2% salinity, which is 9.6 times saltier than the ocean. And this one was twice. So the pond is twice as salty and the Dead Sea is almost 34 times as salty. That is amazing. They say that you actually can, uh, well, if, if you see pictures of um, of people in the, in the Dead Sea, or videos that you can float without any sort of uh, willingness on your part to stay afloat uh, you know it's to me it seems like you were just if, if you were engulfed in a in a pool or in a lake filled with oil I mean you can get salt by the by the spoon by, by, by the handful uh, with the Dead Sea, and for a while it was uh, it was kind of in vogue to buy uh, Dead Sea uh, sea salt. Can you imagine if uh, this bacteria made its way into the Dead Sea? You would have a an amazing body of water that's uh, not only um, deep. But also, if it was pink, it would be uh, amazing. That's pretty cool. Let me go back to the comments here and see what people are doing up live. Um, hey, Jeannie Bottle is back, our British friend. Uh, hi, Jeannie. Nice to uh, see you here. Uh, Jeannie Bottle commented, she said that the changeling is horrific and sad. It's worth watching once. I, uh, I agree. It's a horrible movie uh, in, 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 in regards to what actually occurred, but it's a very interesting story. Andrew Noble commented again, says that uh, if ETs are abducting humans, what do you think their intent is? And do you believe they target specific people? And then my friend Tim Saylor from Wacky Wisdom Network says, hello. Well, Andrew, um, there's theories that I, you know, everybody has their own personal theories and objectivities when it comes to um, abduction. I personally hold to the 
believe that uh, these could be most likely uh, interdimensional being as opposed to interstellar beings. Um, but that doesn't really change the the question of whether or not um, these allegedly uh, abductions are occurring. I've researched and I've heard a lot of stories and for the most part I, I believe that um, that the abductions are not something that's beneficial to the abductee. Uh, I believe there's always uh, a scary aspect to it, an intrusive aspect to it, and um, an aspect of it of exploration and of testing which a willing subject would unlikely go through with it uh, you know if they, if they had the the um, the decision capacity to to, to make it um, from what you hear there's always stories of probing pain um, coldness and um and trauma associated with this you know people are never the same after undergoing these kinds of um, events so in regards to targeting specific people I, I don't I don't know you've always hear stories about people that are just out of the norm I mean people that are quote-unquote normal such as the the case of um, Travis what was the name this is the lumberman that was, uh, they made a movie out of him, uh, Travis Walton. This was the Travis Travis Walton incident uh, that, that occurred in Arizona in the spring of 1972. <clears throat> I've heard Travis uh, Walton interviews and I've heard interviews with the crew. Uh, the, these, these were mountain men people that were hired to cut trees uh, in the in the northern part of Arizona so um, you know what, what I actually gathered from uh, from from Travis was honesty uh, it, it was I, I'm not sure why somebody would uh, would fake this experience there's a movie called Fire in the Sky, which is actually uh, in regards, it, it's about the what happened to Travis Walton. Another, uh, Betty, and, Betty and Barney Hill, I believe it's another uh, run-of-the-mill couple that happened to be abducted. Um, they said that they were abducted while, while driving in a rural portion of uh, New uh, Hampshire. In 1961, and were actually taken to uh, to a star system nearby. So yeah, so there's a lot of uh, interesting, interesting uh, abductions out there. <coughs> so guys, go ahead and call. We're live. Uh, area code 951-977-6499 is the alternate number for today. I had totally forgotten that I changed my I changed my uh, phone yesterday and I didn't link it up with the with the other number that I had. Let's see here one second. 
I'm getting. Uh, I get. I'm using. I just kind of. You know. I've been doing this for less than a month, so bear with me. Updated. I, I use a free software to do the, the streaming. It's called OBS, and I'm getting all kinds of warnings here. Please configure. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I'm just gonna let it be for today because I, I did I did make some some new changes just to make sure that everything was okay. So whatever, we'll we'll let that breathe for right now. And we'll enter our last case of the night. And this is the strange disappearance of one Mrs. Tara Calico. I'll be posting a picture right now of Tara. This is. This is Tara Calico, beautiful girl. She has a typical 80s haircut. And this case actually occurred in 1988. So I'm gonna read a little bit about the case. Um, so Tara Calico was a young woman whose vanishing act has baffled investigators and captivated the world for decades. It all began on a sunny afternoon in Belen, New Mexico on September 20th 1988. Tara Calico was an outgoing and athletic 19-year-old who set out on her usual bike ride along Highway 47. It was a familiar route. She had traveled numerous times before and it was a path that would uh, lead her along a desolate stretch of road bordered by a railway track. Tara was expected back home by noon of that day but when the hours passed and she didn't return, her worry mother, Patty Dole, set out to find her. What she discovered would launch a mystery that endures to this day. Tara's beloved pink Huffy mountain bike was found discarded along the highway and scattered belongings, including her Sony Walkman, were strewn all about. But Tara herself was nowhere to be seen. As panic set in, a massive search effort was launched involving law enforcement, volunteer, and even psychics. But despite their best efforts, Tara Calico seems to have vanished without a trace. Days eventually turned into weeks, and weeks into months. Yet, there were no concrete leads. Tara's case soon grew cold, and the investigation struggled to make any kind of headway. Then. In 1988, a ray of hope pierced the darkness. A chilling discovery was made. A Polaroid photo was found in a convenience store par in a convenience store parking lot in Port St. Joe, Florida. The photo showed a young woman and a young boy, both bound and gagged, lying on the floor of a van. Now, if you're listening live, I'll be able to put the pictures a little bit disturbing. But this was the photograph that was found shows a person to be within the age range of Tara Calico with a mysterious identified younger uh, male the woman who was found in this Polaroid bore a striking resemblance to Tara Calico the photograph again sent shockwaves through the community 
and raised hopes that Terra might still be alive. Yet, as with all mysteries, the story took a twist. Despite extensive efforts to trace the origin of the Polaroid and identify the subjects, no conclusive evidence was ever found and the identities of the woman and the boy remain unknown. Over the years, theories and speculations swirled around Tara's disappearance. Some believe that she had been abducted, while others suggested that she may have suffered an accident along the desolate highway. Despite the passage of time, Tara's family and friends have never given up hope. In 2008, a chilling development occurred. A photograph surfaced on an online auction site depicting a young woman who appeared to be bound and gagged, and many believe that this woman could also be Tara Calico. Once again, hope mingled with uncertainty, but unfortunately the photograph's authenticity could not definitely be confirmed, leaving Tara's loved ones in agonizing limbo. So two photographs appeared, um, almost 20 years apart. Today, Tara Calico's disappearance remains a mystery that haunts those who knew her and has captivated amateur sleuths and investigators alike. Despite the passage of more than three decades, her case is still open and the search for answers continues. In recent years, advancements in forensic technology and renewed interest in the case have given Tara's family and supporters a glimmer of hope. They hold on to the belief that one day the truth about Tara's disappearance will finally come to light, and I truly hope so. Um, I found this, uh, I'm going to post, so this is uh, the, the, the Polaroid, that, the, the original Polaroid that was found in 1988, and they were able to visually recreate her, the photo by removing, uh, it seems like she had duct tape over her face. So they were able to remove the duct tape and recreate some sort of a facial structure uh, to see if she in fact resembled uh, Tara. You know, this is uh, an aging progression photograph of what uh, Tara Calico would look like today. And if you look at this picture here of the woman gagged, with what Tara looked like at the time. I mean, there is certainty there are some similarities. There's certainly some similarities between the pictures. Yeah, very strange disappearance in cases. Um, so go ahead uh, and uh, getting near the 10 minute mark here until conclusion of the show. Uh, go back and read some of the messages on the live chat. Genie Bottle, uh, communication is a good uh, communication is a good film based on a UFO abduction. I've had an interest in mysteries since childhood and love watching films. Communi- I think you, th- you mean communion. I think uh, the, yeah, I think you're looking for a, a film called called communion. I haven't heard of one called communication. The um, Communion was actually a, a famous book that was released in 1987, uh, so-called A True Story, and um, it was written by Whitley Stryver. And if you look at the cover, let me see if I can put a picture of that. 
the cover shows you exactly what uh, what we will consider uh, nowadays an alien to look like. Give me a second here. I'll post a picture on the show. So here's a picture of the book, Communion, and this is, uh, you know, your archetypical alien with the triangular type head shape, the slit mouth, the small nostrils, and the big black eyes. I haven't, believe it or not, I've seen the book a million times, but I've never seen the movie. And today I was listening to a podcast or an old, um, yeah, it was an old Art Bell show and they were, they mentioned communing. So I might go, uh, I might watch it after the show. Yes, Jeannie corrected herself. Late night sleepy, I bet. For all for all of you, Jeannie's actually, uh, she lives in, 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 in England. So it's about three or four in the morning for her. She's a night owl. Uh, yes, communion. So I'm gonna watch it afterwards because I've never personally seen the movie. So this is your uh, last chance for calls. Uh, area code 951-977-6499. Go ahead and give me a call if you guys wanna interact. I can always stay beyond my allotted time of one hour, but uh, it has to do with uh, with interaction. Otherwise, um, I just make it into an hour show and I, I go by a topic, which I think is it's uh, fair for, for everybody. Let's see here. Um, I was able to put a... And again, I would appreciate it if you guys were, would be able to share with... Um, with friends or other people that happen to enjoy the, you know, enjoy Art Bell and uh, the weird, the paranormal, so we could um, get this thing grow growing here. But you know, it's it's been less than a month, and I'm already very happy where I'm at. Let's see. How about you guys out there? Anybody wants to maybe write in the um, comment section if they've seen every, have you guys ever witnessed a UFO? I personally, uh, there's one documented case that I've, uh, that I've witnessed and this occurred when I was either nine or could have been 10 or 11 years old. This happened uh, in South America and um, must have been summer, summertime, and I remember uh, distinctly it happened in a farm. Must have been around three or four o'clock. We were, you know, outside playing around as kids do, and um, there were this, this distinct spheres. Uh, I remember, I remember two, two of them. Uh, round metal spheres, metal spheres, just kind of hanging out. Um, 
well, I, I can't really estimate uh, distance, uh, but I would say about maybe a mile to two miles uh, up in the sky. And um, the news was saying that it was uh, weather balloons because uh, as you can tell, everybody was aware of what was going on. This happened near the capital city of, uh, of the certain country in South America. And it was hovering there for probably about an hour. I think I first saw one and then there was two and then I think also a third one came in and they just happened to be hovering in a straight line. Uh, and they all looked the same. There was this regular round clear spheres and that's been the only incidents uh, incident that I've uh, that I've seen in regards to um, uh, unexplained flying objects or un right unidentified flying objects or UAPs as they as they call them the, the, uh, these days. Other than that, um, never seen anything else. Not nothing weird. I've had family members who have seen uh, strange things. Uh, I've had a, a family member who uh, had contact with uh, with pilots, where they were able to witness um, a huge round disc uh, from where they were, from where other little aircraft were, were coming out of. I mean, this thing was humongous, according to the reports. Uh, I would say probably the size of um, maybe a football field or about two football fields and it, would, it, it was uh, round and out of the, this uh, ship uh, you would have little um, smaller ships coming in and out sort of um, as if it was a, a carrier or, or an airport for, for UFOs. Um, this was from a valid source, uh, military personnel. Then there was a a story about a UFO that was um, happened to cruise on the coastal side of this nation and it was seen I think probably about 900 miles it made its way all the way down the coast and the reports started coming up from the north of the country to the south of the country um, and it took probably within probably five minutes or so to make it uh, to travel about 900 miles it was very close to the coast and it was flashing a lot of lights. And that was witnessed by my grandfather and some family members. And it was also noted on, you know, on the news because a lot of people were able to see that as well. So there's also fascination with, with the strange. There's people that like um, UFOs, but they, they don't wish to see any of them. Uh, Ginny comments, I have not seen any UFOs, UAPs, or ETs, yeah. Well guys, we're getting close to the 8 o'clock hour. It's um, it's an hour never if you guys want to call in. It's 951-977-6499 will be the alternate number for today. Otherwise, uh, I'm going to call it a show. And I thank you all for listening. Thank you for interacting. And... Um, Hope you guys have a good night, blessed night, and uh, Jeannie, get some sleep. You're a night owl. Alright guys, so.
So take care of yourselves, be good to one another, and we'll see you tomorrow.